We welcome you to another live edition of the Sports Box, brought to you by our sponsor, Showcase Sports in Hamilton. Showcase Sports for the elite athlete. And by our friends over at Crowdplay. Download the free Crowdplay app today and check them out at www.crowdplayapp.com for details. Ladies and gentlemen, it's showtime. Hey everybody, welcome to Cage My IQ. I am your host, D-Bake. Joining with me today is uh, current BKFC champion and boxing uh, legend, Dat Wynn. How's it going, Dat? Awesome, awesome, Daniel. Thank you for having me here. It's my great pleasure. I love doing stuff like this, and uh, I let the world know what is up with me. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. As you guys know, a few weeks ago, he dethroned uh, former champion Johnny Bedford on BKFC Mania. How did it feel to, to pick up that victory? Uh, I mean, it, it was a great, great, great honor. You know, I mean, it feels so good. I mean, I, like I said, uh, I always, I like, I always know that I was gonna be a world champion, but I never got the opportunity. So now that I am a world champion, I get to earn the respect from the people who always hear me said, "Oh yeah, this guy's all the time he's been talking. He'll be world champion. Now he's actually a world champion." So it's actually mean a lot for me, and that I'm actually holding the belt. You know, because uh, because like I said, I always believe. Oh, definitely. But uh, I wanted to get started uh, with the questions. Uh, just start from the beginning. Uh, how was life growing up between uh, two countries? I know you you didn't start out over here, but then you, uh, I think you, it's, it said that when you were seven or eight, you moved to Hawaii. Yes, yes. You know, like I said, I, I grew, I grew, I was born in Vietnam. Uh, you know, my family, uh, my mom and, and her five children uh, came to America. You know, we, we went on a special uh uh, visa where uh, because my mom was was associated with the American during World War uh, the Vietnam War so the Amer- in 1990 or something they passed a law where uh, my mom uh, could bring all her kids to America to have a new future and my mom took the opportunity you know because uh, you know in Vietnam we were poor we uh, we were have to we were struggling so when we came to America it was a dream come true and my mom always said look you, we come to America I want you to be the best you could be and, and make make you make uh, make the best you could be and make, make me proud so that's what i did i always strive for that How, how's the age gap between all the siblings uh see i'm the second to the youngest so you know uh we came to america not even speak one word of english you know when i was in vietnam i never went to school so uh, i was eight years old i lived in the countryside so when we came to America, all my brother, they had to start school, uh, you know, not knowing English. So it was a struggle for them. I have two, uh, three older brothers, uh, one older sister, and then me and then my younger sister. So me and my younger sister, I started school in third grade or something like that. <laughs> the first year, like I said, uh, I think I, I must have held, got held back one year or something. I don't know. Because uh, I just didn't speak English and, and everybody was talking English in class and I, I didn't know anything, you know. But the second year, I caught on a little bit, third, fourth, and I excelled. You know, once I caught into the English language, I got really, really good at it. And, uh, you know, anytime I get stuck with a problem in school, nobody could help me at home because nobody speaks English. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I assume it was a culture shock that you just had to, like, kind of 
get yeah. used to over time once you learn the language. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, but, uh, but uh, yeah. No, yeah, no. I mean, yeah, I, I grew up in Hawaii, you know, uh, you know, when I first came to Hawaii, you know, because Hawaii is, is, has a huge population of Asians. So I fit right in, but you know, it's just that I didn't speak English very well. So they would just consider me a foreigner. But once I started to catch up with the, the language and speak Aloha, everybody loves me there because that's the Hawaiian spirit, you know, the Aloha. So, you know, I, I'm considered one of the Hawaiians, you know. So, uh, you know, I, I, I'm a U.S. citizen now and, and America is my home, you know, even though I was born in Vietnam, maybe I'll go back and visit, but, you know, America is my home and my children are American citizens too. Maybe that made it a little bit easier, like you said, because you went to Hawaii where they had the population there. There's more Asians over there, Asians, right. Hawaiians, Samoan. So it's uh, it's a little bit easier for you to get used to everything before like, you yeah. came uh, to the main line and then right. uh, saw everything here. You, you know, I grew up, I grew up uh, on Maui. So, uh, I, you know, it's a small island that has a, a total population of 150,000 people. And everybody know everybody there. So I grew up there, and you know I I'm doing I'm doing some crazy thing here. You know, doing fighting bare knuckles. You know, the, everybody back on the island are cheering for me. You know, I'm doing something unique and uh, and making the the island proud. Uh, I'm excited and, and uh, I like I said I I'm excited to represent them. Everybody from Maui, and, and that's why I, said I always let people know where I came from. Uh, when did you start boxing, and then who instilled the work working mentality in, into you? Um, you know, I was I was in middle school. I was in middle school. I was uh, was uh, like a pretty uh, pretty kid that take nothing from nobody. You know, I mean, anybody want to bully me, I would stand up for me because you know, uh, that's that's uh, that's the thing about Hawaii. You know, there's a lot of bullies and stuff like that. You know, you grew up with you know guys fighting bare fists only, you know, street fights. It, street fight is huge in Hawaii. Uh, that's why there's always a UFC champion from Hawaii for that reason. Because, you know, how uh, Hawaiian people, they love fighting, you know what I mean? Especially, they don't carry guns, so they play everything with fists. Uh, you know, so it's, it's a, a lot has changed over the year, but, you know. Um, so, so, you know, I, I grew up in middle school. I I, I learned camp uh, karate. My brother was the IKF, world, uh, you know, Hawaii state champion. And I, I wanted to learn martial arts. So, you know, he's a kickboxer. He fought on... Uh, so I follow his footsteps, you know, when he go to the gym, I, I would tag along. He, he wouldn't like taking me along with him. So I, I like, no, I want to go. And I would sneak behind, ride the bike. And then, the, you know, the coach, Jeff McKee, is, is one of the coach, my first coach, Jeff McKee. He's a six degree black belt. He did martial arts since he's five years old. Very well-known uh, uh, martial artist in Hawaii. Uh, and so that was my one of my mentors. You know, he taught me everything and, and kind of shaped me into the person I am today. So I started Kempo Karate, kickboxing, and boxing. Uh, something uh, cool that I read, uh, uh, that you studied CIS in school when you uh, went to, uh, what was it, uh, Michigan? Was it Michigan? Yeah, or? yeah Northern Michigan University, uh, Moquette. I think one of the CEO, for, I think one of the founder from, I think, Sawbuck, I think, I think he graduated there. He is one of the alumni, I think. But yeah, the, the North Marquette, Michigan is up in the Upper Peninsula. They host one of the, is one of the three Olympics uh, ground for uh, for the Olympics. So, uh, Roman wrestler, boxers, and speed skater. That's where they train for the Olympics. And at the same time, they can have their education there at the university uh, on campus. And they have the facility there for the Olympic uh, you know, athletes. And that's where I, I based out after high school. I, went, I took the scholarship and I was there. I was, I was taking CIS, computer information system. 
I, I was always a, a technology guy. You know, I, I grew up okay. in high. I grew up in high school. I, I I basically major in networking. So I networked the whole high school with fiber optic in the early in in 1999. You know, fiber optic was new there. Uh, my teacher, the uh, Mr. Nak, um, I can't even remember. It's been so long, but he's very smart Japanese uh, computer science major, and uh, we I, I learned a lot about technology through him. I was using Google back in 1998, you know, before they even went public. So I I told everybody, look, we gotta buy Google when they go public. <laughs> look at Google today; they're one of the biggest uh, company out there, right? Other company. Yeah. Did you did you enjoy your time there learning, or was it just because you're you're uh, like training there at the same time that you're just like, okay, I'll do this. You, you know, the the whole school, you see the thing about Marquette is, is, is right up in near Canada and I'm from Hawaii. Right. And yeah. the weather, the weather different, you, you know, during the winter, right. There's a lot of snow up there. And I grew up in Hawaii. I never get to see snow. So all of a sudden, uh, a, a guy from Hawaii going all the way up to the upper peninsula of Michigan, it was a couple of while. It was like a temperature shock for me, and but <laughs> I love the snow. You know, I love the snow for the few months, and then it got really cold. It got really cold, and you gotta stay indoor, and you know, snows up six foot high, and and, and they gotta they gotta plow the roads. And uh, me as a, a boxer, Olympic athlete, you know, we we will wake up five o'clock in the morning, five thirty in the morning. We do our run. We do our five miles run. I you know one of my teammate is Timothy Bradley. He fought Pacquiao three times. He, he's a commentator. Yes. Yeah, Timothy Bradley is a commentator on ESPN. So he was my teammate. He was actually my sweet mate. So me and him will always race to see who fastest for every morning. Like we will run three times a week. I think it was like three times a week. We got to wake up or four times. And 5.30 in the morning, the coach will wake all of us up and say, look, we got to do our run. <laughs> I mean, everybody, everybody put the, the two suits up. We will run five miles. And then the coach will pick us up with the van. And me and Bradley are always first and second because he's a he's a good runner and I'm a good runner too. I I, I run marathon. I was one of the fastest runner in my in in my uh, my school, you know, for uh, intermediate school when I was competing track and field. Yeah, how's uh how's being trained by Buddy McGurk and what skills have you learned from him? Uh, you know, like I said, Buddy Buddy is a great great trainer. Um, he's a great boxer. You know, that's that's the thing about him. You know, me. I'm a brawler. You know what I mean? You're not going to change me. I'm a brawler. And I like to go in there and take people's head out and 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 and, and fight them. Uh but you know, Buddy, Buddy is is a great great boxing boxing guy. You know, he likes he likes to to hit and not get hit. He likes the finesse, the stick with jab, you no know, hit and move. So, you know, he taught me those things. He taught me how to be more elusive and use my skill. And, and save my brain cell instead of trying to go in there and take everybody's head because you know when you're trying to force them to fight they're gonna come back they're gonna fight back and you're gonna take a lot of damage you're gonna be like a tour of god you know if you look at a tour of Gotti, yeah. buddy margaret made a tour of Gotti into more of a boxer because Gotti wants to go to war with everybody and and, and that's 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 the type of fight i am you know when i spoke with a tour of Gotti, uh you know a tour of Gotti was trying to take my head off and i was over there <laughs> i'm not going nowhere so I was going back at Gotti. So Gotti was like, "Man, this kid, he's gonna be good." And you know, like I said, that was my first time sparring a, a like a very well-known champion. And and that's when Buddy actually took a look at me again. You know, Buddy's like, "Man, this kid got some talent." You know, I sparred with a tour Gotti. He was he was very well known at that time at 2006 and five. You know, and uh, 
And like I said, for me to spar with somebody such a legend like that, you know, it, it actually built me into a better fighter today, you know. How does it feel to be a pioneer for Vietnamese American boxing? Uh, you know, that was my, my that, that's why it made me strive so hard because I'm I'm opening a lot of doors and, and letting people recognize those things that, you know, Asian fire could, uh, Vietnamese fire can, could be just as good. It's just that they need the opportunity. So, you know, like I said, the, you need to get good trainer. Um, you know, I mean, if you don't have good trainer, you can't, you know, self-train yourself. Or you have to read. You have to be, develop. Like I said, uh, I was lucky to, you know, had a, a lot of good mentor and trainer in my career. You know, my first coach was a six-degree black belt. He started training martial arts at five years old. So, you know, he, he was very, uh, you know, he, he's, a, he's a, uh, a master in boxing, kickboxing, Muay Thai, and karate. You know what I mean? And then I did four years of varsity wrestling. So I learned a lot about that. You know, I had some really good, good uh, coaches that were, you know, ranked in, in elite in, in the prime. And they taught me a few moves here and there, you know. And then I get to learn with El Mitchell. El Mitchell was a two time uh, Olympic head coach. You know, he had Brian Valor, he had uh, a couple of world champions under him. He even had Vernon Forrest. He, he actually made Vernon Forrest. You know, he, he took Vernon from, from, from a young kid, you know, to, to the person he is, you know, uh, went to the, and then also, uh, you know, the guy that made the, won the Olympic gold medal, David Reed, you know, he beat the Cuban in the Olympics. So he actually made David Reed too, by winning the gold medal against the Cuban and, and won the gold medal. Now, well, what led you to transition from uh, boxing to bare knuckle uh, uh, fighting championship and then do you plan on doing both, or are you just going to do bare knuckle right now? Uh, like I said, uh, I think David, David the promoter, of course, you know, um, I, I want to be in bare knuckle because the brand is so new, and I love bare knuckle. I want to be here. I want to be here. I want to be the face of bare knuckle. And then, you know, if, if the opportunity ever come, you know, to do a cross promotion with David's permission, I would love to do boxing again against one of the champions, you know. Or maybe with the UFC, but at this moment, I'm not big enough to do those things yet. So I'm gonna stay here as long as David wants me to, and and sign a multi fight contract, and then uh, you know, like I said, win all the belts here and, and build the brand. You know, like I said, Bernardo is a new sport, and I think Bernardo is gonna be more of my sport because I'm the type that likes to fight. It's more of a real fighter. Like boxing is more of a sweet science where you hit. And now you hit, and MMA is a full aspect of, of, of combat sports. And, you know, like you said, I had to combine those those skills that I learned in the past to be a great martial artist. But bare, bare knuckle is, is a pure gentleman sports that has been around for 140 years. You know, it was you know, more than that, more than that. You know, since the 17, 1800, they never had gloves. The glove is there to protect the fighter. Uh, no, to, to, to protect the opponent. You know what I mean? Not to protect... Uh, not do no i mean the, the 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 glove is to protect the hands not the opponent that's what i meant yeah yeah now this is a question i usually ask everybody that i interview uh what are some of your hobbies that you like to do outside of uh training and fighting you know a lot of people said asian people love gambling <laughs> so i like to gamble i mean i gamble once in a while but like i said i love to play poker you know poker because you know if you if poker is like a, a boxing it's like a it's like a boxing match. It's like a match, right? You make one mistake, and it's it's, it's a very intelligent uh, game. It, it requires a lot of IQ and, and mathematics and probability and statistics. 
So I love yeah. playing poker on my spare time. Maybe one day I'll play in the World Series of Poker. You know, I want a couple of small tournaments, but like I said, you can't do too many things. You know, maybe when I retire and I'll play some poker just for fun because it's, it's a socialized game, you know. But I love, I love to go fishing. I love to do anything active and travel. So uh, maybe that's something I, w- I would do when I'm retired because I don't I don't like staying at one place. You know, like I said, I, I did this restaurant here. But uh, and then I did boxing. I ran a boxing gym for 10 years. I own it and train people. Um, like I said, I, it's in the part of my career where I like to experience a lot of different things. I built this restaurant from scratch. You know, I went to all the codings and everything. So I learned a lot. But now I already accomplished that. I already accomplished running a gym for 10 years. I accomplished running a restaurant and building it from the scratch up. So my next journey is to maybe, uh, like I said, I have a multi-billion dollar idea. It's, it's like I said, I'm a technology guy. I'm talking to a friend right now that we probably going to build this multi-billion dollar idea. It's basically going to do with um, the future. Because, you know, you got to be able to see, foresee, foresee the future. And the future is everything is going to be digital. Right. And, and then yeah. digital, digital and cryptocurrency. So you have to be able to incorporate those things together. So that's my idea. My idea is to be able to merge those things in. Like I said, it, it's easier to say than do. You know what I mean? You have to put a lot of time and effort into it. Right now, my main focus is combat sports. I don't want to bring that focus out yet. Yeah, yeah. I saw the I saw a video on uh, I believe it was Instagram of you training somebody outside of your restaurant. Is that something you do often now? Because I, I know uh, you, I know you mentioned I know you mentioned that you do a lot of your training at the restaurant now. Well, you know. Uh, since since you know like i said i i have my gym here too you know but like so i like right now the weather is so nice why why stay indoor go outside you know get the fresh air i have a big park here in front of my restaurant so uh, i i you know that 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 kid actually you know um he came all the way from portland oregon he, you know he came down here so he said could he have a session with me how can i turn him down right he drove two hours from fort lardell you know came all the way from portland oregon here to to you know sit and have a training session with me so i said yes you know i i love to do that and and uh and uh i and you know hold some passion so it was a fun fun time so you know once in a while i'll go live on that i have a few students that i that i train uh that are, are, are like looking up to me so i train them when i have the time but right now you know um i, I have to make time for those things yeah yeah what's your train schedule like um like i said i usually don't even train uh, because I've been doing this for so long that I want to preserve my body, right? Your body, I mean, like I said, if I was training every day, but I don't train very hard, you know, like I said, I have to be motivated. Like right now that I'm a world champion, I'm more motivated. I want to keep myself in tip top shape, but you know, you can't keep yourself in tip top shape all the time. So, you know, you want to be able to hit the bag. So I have my gym here in my restaurant. You know, I can show you right now. Let me see if I can show you guys. You guys want to see? Yeah. Yeah. Let me show you my gym here. Let me see if I can flip this camera around. I don't know if I can or not. But, uh, yeah, see, my gym is right here. You know, I, I built this gym up there. Right here. Oh, I nice. Another, yeah, I had another gym that uh that was uh was there for 10 years, and I just gave it away to my friend, and so that way I can just focus on this gym, focus on my restaurant, focus on my little gym here, and, and focus uh, on, on me being a world champion, you know? And, and that's the thing. When you run multiple business, that business is in your mind all the time. People don't realize that. Yes. When you run a business, you, you don't forget about that business when you go home. You know what I mean? You sleep and think about that, you know? So, um, like I said, there's one last thing on my mind now that uh, that I only have one more business run, and then I focus on my career. Um, 
because like I said, you know, you cannot branch your focus on many things. And that's what I did too many times. You know, I branched my focus on too many things. Right now my mind are, are like blown everywhere because I, I want to do this app idea, uh, you know, and then, you know, doing other things in life, you know. Uh, one question I had for you, uh, I'm a big uh, Mortal Kombat guy. Uh, whose idea was it for you to come out dressed up as Raiden? Um, actually, it was it was me, you know. It was me uh, and my wife kind of like made it better. You know, my wife, she uh, she came in with the last one. The first one, I was I was like, you know what? Uh, I was, I'm going to come out with Mortal Kombat because I, I was like, you know, actually, you know, um, you know, a lot of people don't know I'm Vietnamese. And uh, people said, why don't you care the Vietnamese flag? You know, you know, Vietnam is very controversial when you talk about politics, right? Yeah. Uh, people said, why don't you carry the Vietnamese flag? And I said, which flag should I carry? You know, there's two flags. Can I carry the North the North flag, which is the United, uh, well, basically the Vietnam is united now. And all you can carry is the South flag that no longer exists. So that's talking about politics, you know. People don't like to talk about politics and they get very sensitive. So my whole career, because my mom's side are from the South and anybody that comes to America are from the South, which is the, the American side, right? And for me to uh, to carry that flag, you know, which is the flag that no longer exists, but then it, it just create a lot of division, you know, among Vietnamese because Vietnam is united now. There's 110 million Vietnamese in Vietnam. And when I carry that flag, they just censor me out. They censor me out, right? That's like that's like communist country. They they censor Trump out. <laughs> you know what I mean? But they they, they so what I said, I said you know I'm not gonna carry any flag anymore because you know when you carry those flags, it 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 it, it censor me out. And it, there's a lot of politics involved. I want to represent Vietnam. People say you want to represent Vietnam. Wear that hat, that that uh, that uh, rice hat. And yeah. when I wear when I wear a rice hat, then I became raided. <laughs> Right. It was kind of it's kind of perfect timing because you you got the you got the movie that's coming out in a week right. or two on HBO Max so yeah. it was kind of perfect timing. I need I need to contact uh, Mortal Kombat and, and and let them be my sponsor. You know what I mean? Because I I think I think they are, you know um, I was talking to uh, Andrew Andrew from uh, First Round Management they they are yeah. a management company based in, in uh, you do they they have Paige Van Zandt, they have June Jones. And they have Masvidal. They manage Masvidal. And I think Andrew said something about um, Mortal Kombat. Uh, the people that's connected with Mortal Kombat wanted uh, one of the fighters that first round managed to come out as Mortal Kombat. And I actually came out with it as Raiden. So hopefully they can uh, be one of my sponsors, right? You know, have Mortal Kombat sponsor me. That would be huge. And at the same time, I'm gonna probably, I already I have the contract from first round management. I just gotta sign my name and they'll be my manager. Oh, that's cool. Now, how does it feel while fighting for PKFC? How has you, your time been with the company? I, I recently just interviewed uh, Chris Lieben, who was on the same card as you a few weeks ago. And he was just raving about how he liked uh, BKFC. Yeah, BKFC is gonna go huge because uh, you know the fight, the action is unbelievable, and you know, and, and the crowd loves action. You know what I mean? That's what entertainment and combat sports should be about. I think Chris Lubin and me were on the same card, and when I call out Troy Beltran, he must think I'm the, I'm crazy. <laughs> so yeah, but but he said he's retired, so uh, you know he's he's a great fighter. He's a he's yeah. a legend. So yeah, 
Now, what's next for you? Uh, do you have a fight book? Because I know when you're getting interviewed after the uh, during the the post fight press, that that, that uh, other fighter came out and was like, yeah. "You don't want you want me fight me." But then I saw the Instagram uh, uh, talk between you and uh, what's his name. Baboon, I believe his last name. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Louis Baboon. Louis Baboon. Yes. Well, uh, you know, uh, Reggie Burnett been trying to fight me forever. That guy, uh, he's been um, he's been trying to fight me. You know, he like I said, but um, because he knows that I was going to be a champion. Because when I when I fought in BKFC uh, eight against uh, Travis Thompson, you know, he went into the locker room and looking for me. Uh, you know, he came looking, trying to take a picture of me. I'm like, this guy, who is this guy? You know, so the whole time he already looking to fight me when I joined uh, BKFC uh, from day one. So he took a picture and posed, yeah, this is going to be my future opponent, et cetera, et cetera. And this dude has been trying to fight me forever. And he, he sees that I went into bare knuckle and become a world champion. So that pisses him off, you know, because he's been in it from day one. But uh, like I said, I don't have any... I don't have anything against him, but he's been talking a lot of shit uh, and uh, a lot of things that was untrue. You know, saying that I said a lot of bad things about his family. He's just blown smoke. I already know I beat him, so it's not even a challenge to fight him. You know, Johnny Bedford, Johnny Bedford beat the crap out of him, and he yeah. ran, he ran, he he ran. So I mean, I've stayed toe to toe with John Bedford. Johnny Bedford surprised me that he could withstand my power and 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 handle. So I give Johnny Bedford a lot of respect. But if I fight Johnny Bedford again, I have I already have him solved. You know what that means? I already have I know exactly how he fights. It just me improving a little bit more, I would destroy him. But anyway, I'm looking for bigger fights instead of instead of fighting, you know, uh guys that I know I can beat. I wanna I wanna challenge myself. It's gonna motivate me. You know what I mean? If I if I fight somebody that I know I can beat, it doesn't motivate me to train hard. I'm the type of guy like that. You know, I look at my opponent, I'm like, man, this guy. Like when I fought Johnny Bedford, I knew he was tough, but I know I was gonna beat him. You know what I mean? So it didn't it didn't push me as much if I was to fight Palomino. Palomino is a good fighter. It, I fight Palomino, I make sure I'm at a hundred percent, not eighty percent. You know what I mean? Palomino, yeah. Palomino is a bigger guy and he can fight. So if I'm at a hundred percent, I believe I will crush him. Yeah. Do you think there was any bit chance that uh, Bedford was kind of a little bit tuned out because he was he already had it on his mind that he was moving up to 145? Uh, you know, you know, like I said, uh, you know, a lot of things going on in bare knuckle right now that uh, you know, like it's such a new sport. Bedford canceled the first fight. He canceled. He didn't hurt himself. He just he he wanted a long training camp. You know, he trained for like two and a half months. I trained for four weeks by myself. You know, he trained two and a half months. You know, if you look at the interview, he wanted more time to train for me. That's why he said he hurt his back, yeah. whatever. Uh, you know, he said he was in the best shape of his life, uh, best shape in his life. I'm pretty sure he is. He did. That's why he, he he's able to, to withstand my power and came really strong in the end, you know. Um, like I said, he was at the best he could be, and he couldn't even beat me, and I wasn't even at my best. So, uh like I said, uh, Johnny didn't underestimate me. He knew I was going to be a tough fighter. But Johnny wanted to be the GOAT in Bernalco. So, uh, you know, uh, I, I, I respect that from that man. He had he believed in himself. And that's the same way I believe in myself, you know. But, uh, like I said, I, I, I went in there and I had this skill to prove it. 
Now, how do you feel about Shaq being part of Bare Knuckle? Do you think it's a, a good uh, partnership? Shaq is a smart guy. Shaq is very smart. He knows what's going to be big, and he knows he's going to make a lot of money out of it. So, you know, if you put in, you put in $10 million into Bare Knuckle right now, and that's going to give you, you know, that $10 million is going to be half a billion dollars in the near future. You know what I mean? I mean, look at the UFC today. Uh, the UFC is worth uh, $7 billion. You know what I mean? The, the, the Ferrera bought out a body for $1.9 million. That's like, you know, 7,000, uh, what, 3, 4,000% return. That's like buying cryptocurrency. You know what I mean? I mean, you, that's what I did. I bought, well, I don't want to say it on here, but you know what I mean? I bought cryptocurrency and it, it, it gives you like 30, 30, 30 what, 3,000% in like five months. What can yeah. you get that kind of, what can you get that kind of return, you know? I mean, that's what's going on with, with the market today. And uh, and Shaq is a smart guy. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've seen him invest in a bunch of things from, uh, what was it? I think it was Papa John's to uh, uh, gaming. He, he was part of that, uh, like the gaming world. He's investing in that. Just He's investing in a lot of things. And usually a lot of times, whatever he touches <laughs> turns to gold. So that's a good thing uh, for BKFC. But uh, one of my last questions I have, I don't want to waste too much of your time. Uh, what, are, what are your aspirations moving forward? Like, do you have any aspirations of doing like Bellator or UFC or anything else? You know, um, before I, I went in with Bare Knuckle, I actually reached out to the UFC and Bellator and won championship because I always wanted to do uh, mixed martial art, you know, because I believe that, you know, like I said, Bruce Lee kind of invented mixed martial art. So I grew up idolizing Bruce Lee, you know, mm -hmm. and Bruce Lee learned boxing. He, you know, he's a, he's a martial artist. And um, I wanted to do those things to prove to people that I, I could do those things. So maybe in, in the future, uh, not too long, you know, when I can accomplish all my goal in bare knuckle and be, be, you know, winning multiple belts, then I would love to do uh, things in, in uh, MMA. Like I said, uh, the UFC is the biggest company out there. Uh, of course, I want to go with the UFC because they're going to pay me the most. But if one championship is, is going to give me a great offer that I can't turn down, I would love to go you know, even better. But I don't want to upset David because every time I talk about, you know, fighting in MMA, uh, you know, a, a lot of people are upset uh, in BKFC that saying, why am I trying to go to another company when I'm working for BKFC? So I'm going to stay here. I'm going to stay here as long as they want me to. Yeah. And I'll be like McGregor. You know, we built a brand, but we're going to talk a little trash to other, other combat sports. So if Conor McGregor want to come to Bare Knuckle, he can taste those hands. You know what I mean? So that's the, that's the goal. That's the dream goal. I was just going to ask you if you had a dream opponent uh, that you wanted to fight. And that yeah. you saying that, that, that would be perfect because uh, like, I'm a big fan of you. I'm a big mm -hmm. fan of him, and then mm -hmm. you guys both can talk, and then you you build a perfect fight with that. I think you guys would sell a lot, so I'm hoping yeah, to see that. Right, we can we, we can market we can market like Chuck Norris as Conor McGregor and Bruce Lee. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I said, it will be a great fight because it only has to do with hand. You know, like I said, Conor McGregor is a great martial artist, but uh, you know he's a striker. I mean, he learns his his striking from boxing. 
I mean, he yeah. was he was a, he was an amateur boxer. So when you look at him, he does everything through boxing technique. So you know when he counter with his his, his left because he's a he's a softball. You know that's what he does. He stop everything behind a jab. You know find that range. You know because he's so long and then he counters you. Once you get in that range, he pull back a little bit and he counter you with the 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 the, the, the left hand. So I already see exactly what he can do. You know the thing about when you fight certain fighters, you gotta be able to read them. You got to be able to see exactly their moves. You got to have them figure out. You don't go in there blind, you know? And and that's that's the thing about me. Me being a boxing trainer for 10 years taught me how to be, how be, how to do those things, how to figure my opponent out so I can see their flaws and how to capitalize on it. And that's what you got to do as a fighter. A lot of fighters go in there and they have a trainer, and the trainer is going to be like, this is how you're going to fight. This is how you're going to beat your opponent. I don't, I don't do that. I don't have a trainer. So I have to figure my opponent out. I look at my opponent's video and I said, how I'm going to beat him. And that's what I did. You know, when I look at Johnny Bedford, Johnny Bedford don't like going backwards. And I was right in front of him. That's how I beat him. But if I would have run with Johnny Bedford, he might have more success with me. You know what I mean? And like I said, style makes fight. And you got to, you know, you got to bring a certain style to a certain fighter. And you got to learn how to be multidimensional. And that's a that's the fighter that I am. I'm multidimensional. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree. And I think what McGregor used to do was he got in your head. He's able to talk. Like he was using the mind games before, before he was in, even getting into the octagon. And I think one of the things that killed him in the last few years was him doing too much other things. Like you just said, you kind of brought the boxing to your restaurant. You, you got the training area right there in the back. Mm -hmm. Where like if if you're there thinking too many things, you you're already there. Mm -hmm. you, you can kind of do both things in one area. He's kind of right. stretching himself thin with the proper number twelve, mm -hmm. doing this, doing this promotion. I feel like yeah. he's not putting all that much into uh, the training. I thought his best training was when he was in Ireland, when he right. was fully focused. Where right. now he's been now he's training in Vegas, and his his head's not fully there. In my opinion, I saw that money makes you weak. <laughs> money <laughs> makes you weak, and when you have all this wealth and money, I mean, what is what is there? What is that another need? You know, you mean the reason why most fighter fight is because they want to make that big money. You know, when yeah. they make that big, when they make that big money, what is next for them? So, uh, you know, is it a legacy? You know, I think Mark Gerger is fighting for his legacy now. So, you know, how much how how much does he want to keep his legacy? So. You know, he has all the money to retire comfortably for the rest of his life. Uh, same thing like Manny Pacquiao, same thing like Mayweather, you know. But, uh, you know, they always want more money. It depends on the lifestyle, how how flourished they live. You know, you're going to buy a yacht, you're going to buy a mansion, then you're going to blow all of it if you don't continue to make that money. So you got to live modest. Uh, but me, uh, I never made the big money. You know, I'm humble. You know, I don't go around flashing money. I don't even have money. So <laughs> that's the key, you know, if you... You, you just stay humble and like I said, be generous and, and help other people. And I think I think those guys are doing that and Corner is doing that. So he, he's a great champion. Yeah. Like I know it's a team sport, but you see that from uh, Tom Brady where he always takes his pay cuts every year because granted, I know he's making all that money and uh, sponsorship and all the all that, but he always takes the pay cut because he, he, he has that winning mentality. He wants to win and right. he knows – in that sport that he, he needs to take a pay cut so they can afford to keep people. So he's like, I'll take less money because I, I drive for winning instead of the money, the money second right. to me. 
Right. And, you know, well, you, you know when you when you have a hundred million dollar, why is it not a five million, ten million to you? I mean, unless you are money hungry like certain people that that you know they only can make money. I, I know certain people that that they have to make money every day. If they don't make money, they can't live. And I'm not that type of people. And and like I said, Tom Brady is not that type of people. When you make a hundred million dollar, you want to continue to help people that is un unfortunate. And that's what he's doing. You know what I mean? He wants to play a team sport. As far as when you're playing a team sport. You got to play as a team. You know, you, it takes a team to win a game. You know, that's why I don't I, I don't like team sports because I need a good team to win. You know what I mean? If I don't have my supporting player to, to you know, I'm not going to win. Uh, so that's why I did individual sports. I did wrestling. I did combat. I did kickboxing. All individual. So it depends on me to win. Now, uh, right before we, uh, we we wrap this up, uh, what what is the name of your restaurant? Uh, so people know what it is, so they can come by and check it out. Yeah, it's it's Miss Saigon Restaurant. I uh, I like I said, my uh, since my last fight, I had COVID, uh, and then my wife got into an accident, so we haven't been open for since my last fight. So hopefully, everything gets back to normal uh, in the near future, so we can get the restaurant open up again. But uh, um, at the moment, it's not open right now because uh, my wife is still, uh, you know, recovering from her accident yeah. there. But it's, it's Miss Saigon Restaurant located in Vero Beach. We're the only Vietnamese restaurant that is like home style. My wife does all the cooking. Uh, mm-hmm. And then I, 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 I do all the things that I help her with, you know, wherever she needs, drive around for grocery, uh, you know, doing some deliveries, whatever. I, I help her, you know what I mean? And and I just focus on my career now uh, because that's one less thing for me to worry about running in the gym. So I want to focus on me being a fighter now because that's what I did for 10 years to keep me in the sport. That, you know, when you run a gym, it keeps you active and it, yeah. it, it gives you the knowledge. And that's what I did. And now I got rid of it. So now I can focus on my career. Well, I would like to thank you so much for uh, doing this interview with me. Uh, it was a pleasure uh, talking to you. I want to wish you the the best of luck with the rest of your uh, career with BKFC. Uh, I'm a big fan of yours. I hope you uh, get to uh, win a, a couple more champion championships. Like you said, you you, you want to become a triple champion, uh, right. if I recall. And then I, I I hope in the future I get to see that win versus uh, Conor McGregor. Man, that that would be an awesome fight because I think Conor, or you know, like I said, Conor said a lot of things and he accomplished it. So I said a lot of things. So it's only a matter of time, and and, and you gotta keep believing, you know. And and uh, that's that's the thing. I I don't doubt it at any moment. And uh, it's just a matter of time. That's it. And uh, thank you, so much, Daniel, for your time. And uh, it's always a great pleasure uh, doing uh, podcasts. I love those. Thank, thank you. you very much. Uh, you have a nice rest of your night. Hey, thank you, thank you, brother. Thank you. Hey, thank you, everybody, for watching, guys. Thank you very much. I love you guys all. Talk to you later. Bye. I would like to thank uh, Dat Wynn for coming on the podcast. He is the uh, BKFC champion. Like I said before, he just defeated uh, Johnny Bedford at BKFC Mania uh, a few weeks ago. It was a pleasure to talk to him. Uh, this is Cage uh, IQ. You can find us on all of our social media platforms, on Twitter at Cage IQ, on Facebook at Cage My IQ SB. And then on Instagram at CageMyIQ. And then you can also find us live on Twitch on Monday nights at twitch.tv slash CageMyIQ.
And then you can support if you can, if you can support our affiliates, the Sports Box, great uh, sports uh, podcast group, but over 10, 20 different uh, sports podcasts, ranging from our sports and mixed martial artist um, uh, content. You can find them on uh, Facebook at Sports Box Show, Twitter at Sports Box Show, and on Instagram at The Sports Box Show. And you can subscribe to their YouTube at the Sports Box. And then don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube page at Cage My IQ. Uh, we got three, four uh, videos coming out weekly now covering all uh, platforms of MMA from one to BKFC to UFC to Bellator. And we, we want to do that for you guys. We want to get all the content out. We want to preview and recap all, all the content. So subscribe to us, give us a like, and comment on our videos. And I'm your host, D-Bake, and I hope you guys have a nice rest of your night. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for watching this episode of Cage My IQ on the Sports Box. Please remember to follow us on all of our social media outlets. On Facebook, at Sports Box Show. Twitter at Sportsbox Show, Instagram at The Sportsbox Show. Find us on YouTube and join Outside the Box, our Facebook sports discussion group. The Sports Box is brought to you by our sponsor, Showcase Sports in Hamilton. Showcase Sports for the elite athlete. And also our friends over at Crowdplay. Download the free Crowdplay app today and use promo code THEBOX at sign up for 10 free points. Thank you for joining us. 